0: Today is International Women's Day and so we thought we would reshare one of our favorite stories about an inspirational woman. Now there's many of them and we've listed a bunch in the show notes. And this is one of my personal favorite stories not because it's 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 a great story with a great outcome but because it really highlights some of the challenges that the world faces in hearing women's voices and and breaking down some of the barriers. That women face in the world, and uh, the more effective we are in breaking down those barriers, the better the world will be. Anyway, we hope you enjoy today's episode of Anecdotally Speaking.
1: Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi everyone, I'm Sean Callahan,
0: and hey everybody, I'm Mark Shank. Now,
1: I believe you have a bit of a science
0: story for us, Mark. I I do. I've got one of those stories that's really useful when those circumstances where people say, just give me the facts. And uh, I'm going to take you back to the 1950s to an amazing woman called Alice Stewart who broke through all sorts of barriers. She became a physician in a male-dominated profession. Uh, She continued to work after marriage and after children, which was kind of not the done thing back then. And she was she was a brilliant physician by all accounts. One of the youngest physicians ever admitted to the Royal College of Physicians and uh, kind of bound for greatness. Now, she decided that she was going to solve a hard problem. So she picked a really hard problem. And the problem that she picked was that there was a rising incidence of childhood cancer uh, in the 1950s. And, and no one knew why. And there was all sorts of theories about uh, what was causing this. And one of the things I noticed was that uh, the, 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 most of the kids who were dying were from affluent families, whereas in most for most conditions, it was the reverse. The affluent yeah, kids right. tended to be uh, have lower mortality. So she started doing some research uh, to figure out why this was. And so she found you know, uh, all of her uh, relevant subjects. And it was like trying to find a needle in a haystack. It was she had to find out everything about the the, the families the mothers the pregnancy the birth uh, etc to try and understand what had happened you know what what how much exercise did they do uh, what was the mother's diet uh, did she drink alcohol uh, during pregnancy uh, uh, what well, breakfast cereals, you know, like yeah. You
1: know, <laughs> how much did the child weigh? Uh, how
0: much was the, the baby at birth and how much yep. was the baby at two months and four months, you know, mountains and mountains of data. Uh, and once she got all the data and did the number crunching, she got a very, very rare result, which was a result that had amazing statistical significance, like a, a clarity that was really rare. And the thing that was causing the the, the childhood cancer was uh, the women, the mothers had been X-rayed during pregnancy. Yeah, and so she published a paper in the Lancet in 1956, uh, publishing all her data, so putting it out there in the open. People were talking Nobel Prize, and uh, Alice immediately started. She doubled down on her research because she knew that her she wouldn't have. Once once they stopped X-raying pregnant women, then she wouldn't have research subjects. So she did did more and more research because she knew that that research it was a, it was a diminishing, yeah, diminishing number.
1: Yeah, yeah, right.
0: Anyway, that didn't. She didn't have to worry about that. It took twenty five years before the British and American medical establishments stopped the practice of X-raying pregnant women.
1: Is that right? 25? 25 years. Oh my god.
0: It's it's stunning. Yeah. So uh she'd even uh, uh hired a statistician to disprove her. Uh guy called George Neal. Uh his job was to was to prove her wrong, right? <laughs> and uh, anyway, he couldn't. The data was so strong. Yeah. And uh anyway, despite having data with t- you know like ridiculous statistical clarity, Nothing changed, and they look at some of the reasons why nothing changed. And the 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 medical profession was really really attached to this to this new thing, this cool new toy, which was the X-ray machine. Um, they it also kind of went against the doctor's self-image.
1: All those guys like the gadgets, you said. Oh, cool, cool gadgets. <laughs> yeah. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Um. The 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 conventional wisdom was that everything was safe, you know, up to a threshold and you you know, you just make sure you don't cross the cross the threshold. You know, they were really enthusiastic about the the, the efficacy of this x-ray machine. The doctors saw themselves as they, they didn't do harm. So oh, yeah. anyway, for a whole bunch of reasons, uh she had a big fight on her hands for for twenty-five years. And the, the I guess one of the lessons from this a lesson that repeats throughout history is just because you've got the data doesn't mean you're going to be listened to and things are going to change as a result.
1: Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? Oh my God. And, and I wonder whether it would have made a difference. I'm hoping it would have made a difference if they're able to tell, you know, the stories of that data, right. You know, and I'm particularly zooming in to particular kids stories and, and, and and making those connections in a, a more emotional way rather than you know just the just the facts, Jack. Um,
0: yeah, that's part of it, isn't it? Well, that's right. It, it was one of the things that in in, the, in our data storytelling program, you can have all the data, but that doesn't mean things are going to change. You need to tell the story that's got impact and influence. That's right. And I'm re- reminded of the uh, of of the Alan Curdy story, right? So remind got- me. Oh, this is going to conjure uh, bad memories for a lot of people. So the the Syrian conflict starts in uh, 2011. And uh, so 6 million people internally displaced in Syria, 5 million refugees, uh, huge loss of human life. Each year, uh, something like uh, uh, 2,250 people drowned crossing the Mediterranean trying to get to safety. And the world knew this and nothing changed, Right. So, and, and Australia was a great example of that because you know, people were going, oh, we should uh, uh, increase our humanitarian intake. And, you know, we our, our Australia's political position was, we've got a generous humanitarian intake. Um, if they're genuine refugees, then they, they take a number in the queue, just like everybody else, and they take their chances. Anyway, so uh, it was September, 2nd of September, 2015, uh, the body of a three-year-old boy uh, washes up on the Turkish yeah, beach. Yeah, I
1: remember that. Yeah. yeah.
0: right terrible image and I apologize for planning that image right anyway a three-year-old boy called Alan Curdy washed up seven days later the Australian government changes its policy and introduces uh, you know a 12,000 extra places for Syrian refugees. the Canadian government did the same governments all around the world um, changed shifted because of the one thing so but the thing was all of that data was available but it took that one event incredible emotional impact of that one event to to cause behavior change so maybe alice stewart was coming up against that uh putting forward the data without the emotional impact yeah
1: yeah absolutely and uh wow god that's uh that's so true um well let's let's go back then to the story and talk about what we liked about it what was the bits in that story that that jumped out for us. Um, I kind of like, like the, I like the twists and turns in it, right? Like you sort of send us down one path and, and like, Oh, you know, she was doing the research, you know, she doubled down the research cause it was, it was only going to last so long. Right. I mean, God, they're going to turn off this uh, spigot of X-ray X-raying women, uh, pregnant women. So, uh, but that didn't happen. You know, <laughs> I, thought I, I thought that was a, a good part of the story. Um,
0: yeah, the twist of the, the 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 big reveal is the twenty-five years. Yeah, that's just stunning. It's it's it beggars belief.
1: Yes, that's right. God, it just reinforces that whole yeah. Data doesn't really in itself get you too far. Yeah. Um, despite what people would love to believe, right?
0: So. Yeah, yeah and and of course we're seeing it. At the moment, with you know, around the world, with enormous amounts of data being put forward by different parties, and 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 the data that doesn't suit your narrative just gets lampooned, and uh, any any semblance of data that supports uh, the other view, yeah, is is elevated. Oh, you know, there's a doctor who says this, and therefore he must be. It's like
1: yeah, 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 right.
0: It's not about science. No, 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 not so
1: much. Um, I think you know you know, you've got the authority of you know this this doctor, and it's a very well known experience, right? Like, you know, it's almost like it's built into our psyche now that you would just never X-ray a pregnant woman, right? yeah. and that's why we have ultrasound, right? It's you know, there's a whole field that must have grew up out of that research uh, later on. Uh, it'd be interesting to know when ultrasound got brought in as an idea. Um, would an be old idea that got took off, or did they have to invent it uh, as a result of this X-ray stuff? Um, the, I think the other element that makes this story uh, work is the fact that you're talking about children, right? It's Children's yeah. lives at risk uh, by doing this. As soon as you talk about pregnant women, it's 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 a sacrosanct part of life that you know we we do every everything we can to protect that. And here we have, uh, you know, a whole profession that's not doing that. So I think that's a, an important part of the story as well. Um, anything else for you, Mark? Is there anything you
0: enjoyed telling oh, in I, that story? I, I kind of, I, I really like the character of Alice Stewart, right? What a, what a woman. She's obviously got a lot of
1: uh, gumption, get up and go and drive yeah, just been beaten down all those times, you know, in terms of, um, you yeah, know, trying to just get her data across the, the, uh, the line.
0: Yeah, I, I, so I, yeah, it's one of the things that, that I liked about it. Yeah. I, I, sorry, I did also like the fact that she hired somebody, a statistician, with a specific purpose of proving her wrong, and he couldn't.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, I mean, that is really the process of science, right? That is the scientific method.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Other scientists um, are trying to prove it wrong. Actually, I was listening to uh, Steven Pinker, you know, the famous psychologist and linguist uh, researcher, and he was sort of saying that it's actually very hard for scientists to have, to think scientifically. It's like not a natural thing to think scientifically, to... You know, as we're just saying, to ignore the emotion, to uh, set about just finding what the data is saying and then trying to disprove it. You're trying, you you have hypotheses that you're disproving, not hypotheses that you're proving. It's kind of antithetical in in how people go about living their life, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. It's very important. Uh, In terms of, things that could make the story even better. What do you reckon? I mean, I think Boy. for me it would be to up, the, uh, up the, the children element
0: of the story. Yeah, I guess I didn't, I didn't say that some of the impacts that, you know, one child a week was dying of cancer.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think that could, that could probably increase the impact of the story. Um, perhaps even zooming into if, if there was a story about a child, you know, that would be you know you got to be careful where you draw the line on that sort of stuff, right?
0: Oh, that's yeah, because it it is such an impactful uh, thing. But it's such an emotional thing. Mm, yeah. yeah. So in in I just I. Uh, heard this story uh, watching a TED talk. Uh, somebody pointed me to this TED talk by by Margaret Heffernan. Uh, the TED talk is called "Dare to Disagree." So, if you want to see a wonderful delivery of a story, you should totally watch her tell the story in that uh, TED talk. She's a she's a a masterful speaker and storyteller. She uh, stunning.
1: That's so, good to know. That's good to know because you know you know how we've been saying in anecdote recently that um, there's just as big an effort. If you want to get good at storytelling, a big part of that effort is in hearing stories because, as we were sort of saying now, you, you acquire storytelling in addition to learning storytelling. So to, do, to acquire storytelling, you got to hear good stories being told. And so Mo Heffernan's Uh,
0: presentation. Sounds perfect for that. Yeah, she has uh, at least one other TED Talk which I've also watched and exactly the same. Really? Sorry, a completely different topic, different story, but magnificently delivered.
1: Does she tell multiple anecdotes through
0: the presentation? Right. Yes. That would be great to see. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go and check that out. Yeah. Uh, But one of the interesting things about it is that she didn't use this story. Oh, sorry. She used the story specifically about collaboration. And how conflict is essential to effective collaboration and how the relationship between Alice Stewart and George Neal, the statistician, even though they are trying to look at things very, very differently, it actually led to greater outcomes. And oh, so- that's interesting. interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. So uh, she, was, she looked at a different dimension of that story. Uh, very, very well worth listening. It kind to. of
1: reminds me of the Steve Jobs uh, rocks moving story that we told in a number of episodes back. I mean, you'll be able to find that, but it's a nice little anecdote to have in your back pocket. Um, yeah. uh, what, what, what would we do? Other things that we might do to improve the story? I think.
0: Um, well, uh, I mean, lots of people have got data out there, and uh, they think that the data is just going to. Uh, achieve the result on a, of, of its own cool. accord. You present the data, people change. And this is, look, his, you could use it in this sense. It really, be, you know, it doesn't matter how much data you have. It might not be enough. So uh, let me give you an example. Yes.
1: Yeah. So there's, there yeah, around the business point. Absolutely. So it's yeah. definitely one of the business point. I kind of like that conflict one as a business point. Um, yeah, they're probably the two big ones, aren't they? You know, in terms of getting the message across
0: well yeah or, or maybe another one is just don't underestimate how hard it is to change people's minds and so the focus of this could be on the difficulty of changing the minds of the medical establishment because they had entrenched views yeah
1: i wonder how long has uh, the x-ray had been in practice up until the 1950s as i i you know i just wonder you know how how long people have, physicians have been using that technique and how inbuilt that approach had been yeah. it's probably 30 years old or something like that I would say who knows I'm just guessing yeah <music> um, okay that's that's that gives us business points we've gone through pluses and minuses um, oh it's a rating
0: got to give it a rating Unless you had something else you wanted to cover. 1940s and 1950s uh, became common. The first X-ray machine was
1: 1896. Oh, is that right? Okay. I suppose Marie Curie was... uh, She ended up dying
0: of radiation poisoning or something like that, didn't she? Um. William Rontgen Rontgen discovered X-rays and... uh, Yeah, the first fully functioning uh, X-ray machine was...
1: Wow, that's a a long time. So you can sort of see, you know, if you've been doing something for that long, how ingrained a particular practice must be, right? Yeah. And someone comes along and goes, hey, no, it's not... This is bad.
0: We should stop doing this. It's so obvious to us now that you wouldn't do that. I I just... I had a... um, (laughs) In January, as you know, I was uh, I was doing yoga and I, I hurt my neck doing yoga. <laughs> Only I could do that, <laughs> and I had to have an X ray. And man, yeah, you know, like it's scary. You go in there and you, you know you got the the lead plates. The uh the 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 X ray operators they all run off and hide behind their lead shielded screens and stuff, and you're left there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. You don't want to have too many of those a a year. That's for sure. Um, Okay let's give these some ratings. Um, I think actually I can really see using this, I I now want to know more. I want to see the data. I want to see how clear that data is. Um, I want to sort of dive into it a little bit more. I can sort of see it be a great story to tell in our data storytelling program um, just to show you know that difficulty that you have. Um, So I'm giving, I'm going to give it a a solid 8 this is an eight for me.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give it an eight as well. It's really relevant to the situation we find ourselves in at the moment, and it can help open people's minds up to the fact that what might seem obvious to them uh, might not really be the case.
1: So is eight our new normal now, Mark? Is
0: it? Uh, yeah,
1: we've well, been given a few uh, eights lately. Um,
0: we are avoiding sevens. That's yes, yes, it. We're in
1: seven, seven. seven avoidance mode. <laughs> it's because we've pumped up the uh, top end to 11, you see, so no um, <laughs> uh, uh, problems. This is, this is spinal tap. It goes to 11. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, that's been fantastic. Really interesting story. I loved it. And uh, I can see how I can use that. So that's terrific. Anything else we need to cover? We're all good. All good. So we're going to, th- yeah, thanks everyone out there listening into uh, our podcast anecdotally speaking. And yeah, tune in next week. We'd love to have you and get you to hear another episode of How to Put uh, Stories to Work. Bye for now. Anecdotally speaking, was engineered by Dave Stokes from Author to Audio.